This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Copyright Podcast. What's happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Copyright Podcast. Uh, tried to get out of doing this one, but you can't just do the good games, unfortunately. You've got to do the shit ones as well. But um, yeah, I'm joined by Steve Carson and Farrell Ke- Keelan. How are you doing, Farrell? Um, yeah, a bit better, a bit better. I did, did some talking about it yesterday, and I feel like this uh, this further session will sort of help me sort of mentally recover fully. <laughs> Yeah, and stay. How's it? How's it going your side? Apart from the Reds being shit. Yeah, I tried not to focus too much. To be honest, uh, after after that, I got into I got stuck into the uh, Scottish Premiership and just enjoyed them getting used to VAR because obviously there was there was a bit of controversy there. So you know, you got to just move on with it, haven't you? You can't dwell on it too much. But I think chatting about it like this is going to be a bit of catharsis for us anyway. Yeah, and like I was just saying to you then, like before we started, I usually have like stuff prepared for this, but I just and and, and Steve hit the nail on the head, just saying, just we're just going to be as unprepared as the Liverpool first team, which I think is just a really n- nice way of putting <laughs> the way Liverpool are playing at the minute. Um, but yeah, let's just let's before we get on to Klopp's uh, press conference today, where there's been bits of good news in amongst the shirt. Um, just wanted to talk about Leeds a little bit, and Steve, what what a what a mad mad fucking game that was what what i mean just yeah just generally how 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 were you feeling when you were did you did you go at all or did you did you watch it no i was i was covering it for work but um yeah i mean i, I held back my criticism um but i should have just i should have just went for it to be honest because you know that second half there was periods where we didn't look too bad we just didn't look too clinical in front of goal which you know is a problem that we've all we've had in the past uh, but it was, you know, really prevalent. But I mean, you can't really take anything away from Meslier. He was, he was unbelievable. Um, you know, especially for the young, young goalkeeper as well in the Premier League. He's, he's proven himself beyond doubt, and that's probably one of his best performances in the league shirt. And you know, good player they've got there, great player. So you know, you can't write that off. But you, you definitely can look at how we defended at the very end and how it just all fell apart. And you know, there was times watching that game. Um, you know, Leeds held on and they showed a bit of grit, which which we've shown a couple of times this season, like the West Ham game. And, you know, through watching that game, I said to myself a few times, and you know, I, I said I wouldn't I wouldn't go into it in, in my mass report, but I thought it was like watching the champion a championship game, to be honest. Uh, and that's not really I'm not trying to discredit Leeds too much. Uh, it is more of a comment on Liverpool, you know, Leeds done well to, to do what they did at Anfield. It's it's Teams don't do that at Anfield, and, and they did. You know, they showed uh, a lot to get that result in the end. But you know, there was twenty-two lads on the pitch; they couldn't string a pass together between them. It was it was horrific to watch. And you know, I thought to myself, one-one. Do you know what? After what I've seen, I'll take that. And then you know that that goal at the end. I've said it a few times this season already. I know quite a few people have said it already as well. Is that I hope that's now the thing that 
you know, really lights the fire in Liverpool and goes, nah, there's no way. We, we can't lose our streak at Anfield like that in the Premier League. Not in those circumstances, not against, with all due respect, Leeds. It just can't happen like that. But we've said it a few times this season and I don't know what it's going to take to get the lads sorted. But yeah, it was just, it was a horrible blow at the end of the game. Obviously, great for Leeds, horrific for us. Yeah, and we're going to get on to Klopp's like, quote in his press conference in a bit, but he did mention something about that today, about like he's 55, so he goes to the toilet quite often in the night or something, or something like that, but that leads one, like really woke him up. So I hope it's kind of what you just said there, Steve. Like, it was like we've scraped, like in terms of our our form this season, just quickly, like four wins, four draws, four losses, uh, wins over Bournemouth, Newcastle, Man City and West Ham. The Newcastle win was very late on at Anfield. Um, then you've got the draws, Fulham, Palace, Everton, Brighton. The Palace was very much a scraped uh, draw as well. And then the losses, Man United, Arsenal, Forest and Leeds. Um, yeah, just it's just not very, very good viewing at the moment. But just got a few people in the comments before I come to what Farrell is thinking on the uh, game. We've got um, Kudas in the chat. Nice one, Kudas, jumping in. Uh, we've got Paul... Dan says, all right, lads, Mick going for a pod refresh. Yeah, I just thought of them, just swerve all the others off just because he said no to jumping on. Uh, and just because Farrell's grown a very, very nice um, little tash, I thought it'd be, it'd be a miss to not uh, get him on. Um, Ant says, afternoon, lads, worrying thing is we look like we look all over the shop very much. So uh, Yash says, evening, lads. Yash, where, where are you? Because we're, we're 3 p.m. here. I don't, know if, I don't know where you are. Let us know. Um, and says most of our shots were on target or straight at uh, Melier, which yeah, I mean he still has to save them to be fair. But yeah, that's we could have been a lot better in terms of placement of those shots. Uh, and also says what summed us up most was giving the ball away again. Fabinho turned and thrown his arms t- to the cop, says everything. Uh yeah, Farrell, it's it's crazy, isn't it? It's where we are at the minute. Because I think it's been one of those where, like I just mentioned, the results there, and there's been a few where we've scraped by and we've we beat City and we beat West Ham. We're like, oh, here we go. This is the form. We can start to getting the ball rolling. Let's start getting some results on the board. And then it's just another another false storm. But I think the Leeds one for me was a real dagger to the heart because I think even the away games, the Forest game, it, that hurt because it was just, like Steve said, there was no... The connection just it was just all over the place. It was just an absolute a joke, to be honest, in terms of what we're, what we're trying to achieve on a football field. But... The Leeds one was like at home. Like I, in terms of how I was trying to phrase it in me in, in my mind was like, we're, right, we're, we're playing shit, but we're at home. We're against near the bottom of the table in Leeds. Um, Saturday night, everyone's going to be up for it. The players must be as well. But it just it just didn't it just didn't turn out that way, did it? Unfortunately. No, no. I mean, absolutely a bazooka to the heart, really, isn't it? If you look at sort of consecutive league fixtures and the fact that you know we this we've come off the back of. In purely the league, league terms, one nil, one nil lost to Nottingham Forest, uh, the bottom place side in the English top flight. Then followed up with another loss at home to Leeds United, another side, um, a relegation battlers as things currently stand in the table. And then coupled with the magnitude of the, of the record that's ended with you know, Virgil Van Dijk, it's it's. I don't know. You really hope this is a turning point for Liverpool, but the problem is, so far this season, we've had about three or four so-called turning points. You know, real, realistically, the Liverpool of old would have beaten Manchester City and we've gone, that's it. They'll go on a run of games now. Top four isn't a problem. Second half of the season, we'll be contesting the title. But it just doesn't seem to be, you know, 
going that way. And the problem, I, I find it difficult to place the criticism with this Liverpool side because they've obviously built up enough credit in the bank for us to trust that they'll Klopp and the squad as a whole uh, will turn this around come the second half of the season. We have to also look at sort of the impact of the World Cup's going to have. Um, but it's so, yeah, I, I think it was a similar position to Steve when I was sort of looking at reacting to it. I think it was probably a bit softer than I should have been. Um, but it, it, it's hard to be too harsh because we are looking at a Liverpool side that has just come off of the back of fighting for a quadruple. And obviously that, that drop-off is so stark because of that season. So it's, it's, it's difficult to be harsh, but we can't not criticise this side because there's so many key performers that simply aren't raising their standards. We saw the standard. We know they're capable of doing it because... We, we beat Manchester City and every man on the pitch was practically flawless. Um, and then you, you come you know, to the latest game and you've got Fabinho sort of remonstrating with the cop. Klopp's having a go at Fabinho on the pitch. I'm, I'm really focusing on Fabinho there. But um, again, mainly I think because probably of all our key men, he's the one who's had the biggest drop-off. Um, so I, I think we're... I, I almost think we're beyond the point where Klopp can inspire a drastic change a, without much of his squad returning, and B, without having a look at the market in January. Yeah, and Steve, we might as well, like Farrell's just mentioned Fabinho, and I just find it absolutely fucking mental, to be honest, that how much he's, from what he was to what he is now, it's just like, and there's been a few times this season, like Farrell mentioned one there, there's been another one this season, I forget what game it was, they all blurred into one. The one where him and Klopp are having a bit of a to do, and it's like, what, what's he, Klopp's wanting to do something different? He's not doing it. Like, what's he seems to be all over the place, and that leads into like midfield stuff. And obviously, the people are questioning FSG. I mean, people have been questioning FSG for for, for forever, really. That if that's the prerogative, do you want to do that? But and I think at this moment in time, most of the people that were maybe thinking, like maybe. Not being overly critical, but still being like, "Oh yeah, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You, you like they've done a lot of things wrong, but they've also gave us um, what we need to, to win over the past couple of years." But I just think maybe people are now thinking we've missed the key opportunities to strengthen after certain seasons. And um, what are your thoughts on on that in terms of like obviously midfield needs like an overhaul, doesn't it? I think we could have done it. Like, I think the I think the point is we've not done it incrementally. In terms of like over the course of seasons, go right. This year we'll get one. The next year we'll get another one, and kind of then give them a year or two to get blooded in, or bring someone in who can go in straight away. It's kind of we've had to we've been not doing that, and now we're at the point where we need, I think, a massive overhaul, don't we? Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's numerous changes that the squad needs needs to have. Um, most of them are in midfield, as you as you mentioned there. I think one key thing uh, I know. A few years ago, uh, Liverpool uh, bemoaned, uh, Liverpool fans bemoaned that we never replaced Javier Mascherano. And I think one thing that we're seeing right now is that we've not replaced Gini Vijnaldum. Like, you can look at Thiago and you, you've got a quality midfielder, quality footballer, you know, one of the best midfielders in the era. But he hasn't got the availability of Gini Vijnaldum. Gini Vijnaldum, I love him. You know, unbelievable midfielder. But availability was his was his best feature, really. Uh, he'd always put in a solid performance and he'd have the odd, you know, world-class game like the game against Barcelona. Um, but, you know, mainly you could always rely on him. He'd always be there 
And when you look at Henderson and, you know, you look at Fabinho's form, Thiago, uh, Naby Keita, uh, and then youngsters, Harvey Elliott, uh, Curtis Jones, that's not a very rigid midfield. Um, they were obviously all there when, when Vijnaldum was there too, but he was the he was the constant. Obviously, people look to Jordan Henderson as the captain. Obviously, Fabinho has been an absolute rock in midfield for us, but... You know, if if you watch the games, um, maybe not so much Fabinho so far this season. Something's gone awry with him. But if you look at Thiago, Thiago's all over the pitch. That's not really the role that you'd expect Thiago to be. He's he's almost almost, and uh, not not in a criticizing way, but he's almost a luxury midfielder. Thiago, you'd have him, and you'd have other people in, in midfield like Fabinho being the bulldog, and then you'd have someone like Henderson or or Vinaldum that recycle the ball, and Thiago is the the luxury player. But obviously, he's having to dig a bit deeper and do a little bit more than what than what he's you know probably been brought in to do. What he's expected to do, what he did at Bayern Munich. Um, but yeah, I mean, we need that overall. Like I said, it, it seems like we've created this problem. FSG have created this problem in that they've not brought in somebody to be ushered into that position, like what we saw with with Luis Diaz coming in. So then, when Sadio Mane goes. We don't feel it as much as you probably should do because Sadio Mane, one of the best footballers we've ever seen, has left the club. And, you know, if you look at how Diaz has performed, he's he's not too much of a drop-off. And in some cases, he's actually been a little bit better than Sadio Mane was for us uh, in, in, you know, in, in certain patches, at least anyway. But I'm not talking about Mane's entire time at Liverpool. That's obviously a living legend of the club. But... We've not had that midfield player. You can look at the likes of Bellingham. You could even look at the likes of uh, Frank Kessier, who was available. Bringing someone in like that and bedding them into the team would have been obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But you know, Curtis Jones and uh, has not really came through as 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 much as we'd like him to. Um, and he's obviously not been able to have the kind of role that I think maybe he even seen for himself at Liverpool. You know, we changed his is uh, the club changed his. Um, squad number so obviously there was an intent there that he was going to have a bit more seniority but you know it's not really worked out too well for him at the minute so it's just a case of ill-prepared and like we probably say every summer you know the club really needs to invest back into the squad because ultimately with Jürgen at the helm it's the squad that gets the job done that brings the money in for FSG so you know there needs to be that sort of cycle I mean obviously the club's sustainable but the football on the pitch is not what it was last year. That's a problem. They need to address it. Yeah, I, I agree. And Yash says um, we seriously need flair in that midfield. Um, sorry to cover your face, Farrell, properly there. Uh, but uh, Ahmed says, a uh, bit off the topic, well, let's say our incomings have been questionable. What about our outgoings this summer? We sold our best output back up Minamino and Origi and kept the worst output player. Ox and Cater. Yeah, I think just just on Steve's point a little bit, Farrell, because I know we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be here all day and chat about this. Even though we could be, we could do like three hours on this easily. But um, um, the point about like the midfield and stuff, like and, and Dan says, like so. Dan, let's just get Dan's comment. So Dan says, lack of investment isn't a or the problem. The team should be beating Leeds and Forest. The players are simply off it or unavailable for a variety of reasons. I think that's that comes into it a little bit. 
but I think it's like there's 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 criticism for everyone. I think it's not just like it's not just FSG. It's Klopp because Klopp Klopp prefers a smaller squad. He's always preferred that. So that's that's like I remember a quote to start like near the start of the season when he got you asked about like midfield options and we need someone. And that's I think when everyone was pretty much fit and he was like, we've got this player, we've got this player, we've got this player. Basically listed them all. What other player do I need? And when you have her on paper, it looks fine because there's a load, a load of variety there. But it's the it's the question marks over those that are in that list that injury prone, um, like like Steve says, Curtis Jones. I was looking forward to seeing what he was going to do. He's been out with like mad injuries to like an eye injury and then stress fracture of the leg and just like random ones that you get as you're growing. But a lot of question marks over the midfield, and I think just we got luckier last year because everyone was on it in terms of form and stuff. But we didn't get that many injuries as well, so we could. We could we could rotate those those players and those midfielders so that then in turn they didn't get more injuries. We just haven't had that luxury this season. But what are your thoughts on it on it all them and the midfield uh, conundrum? I suppose. I mean, I think I think it's important to preface discussion and saying that you know the midfield is a major major problem uh, this season. But there are so many sort of individual difficulties around you know the side even like you know some of Klopp's sort of tactical decisions haven't been spot on um but the, there are plenty of errors that have been made that have contributed to the current situation we're in the midfield is probably the biggest of them um and the root of our sort of current sort of performance uh, the, our problematic performances on the pitch i, I think it's it, it's tough because i think obviously there was an intention in the summer to bring in genuine quality, depending on which reports you believe, you know, Bellingham, Valverde, um, Tushmani. Um, so it wasn't for a lack of trying. And I think you can almost sympathise with the recruitment team and with the team in sort of general, because, I mean, firstly, I don't think anyone could have possibly predicted that the drop-off would be this intense um, off the back of our last season if we didn't sign a midfielder. Um, and you can certainly sympathise with Klopp going, right, uh, you know, this is how Klopp works generally. We know he likes a certain pool of players of, of, of specific quality that he wants to bring in the side. He's not going to just bring in a body. He'll go, I want these set of players or no one else. And, you know, it's worked up to this point. I, I think the problem is, is when it becomes, I suppose, apparent that we're not going to get these players and we know that we're in a situation where we're going to lose three midfielders, um, I think it might be four midfielders actually, uh, next summer in terms of the contracts that are expiring. Um, we, there, has, there, has, there has to be a, a calibre of player that we go, right, we know Bellingham, we're not going to get him this summer. We know Valverde, we know Madrid aren't going to part with Valverde this year. Tushimani has gone to Madrid. We have to go, there's a calibre of player just under that that's very good but perhaps not, you know, that generational talent that we know is going to be a leading midfielder in world football for the next 10 years or so. But we go, that's a good midfielder. You, you look at Gini Wijnaldum, uh, as Steve rightly mentioned, you know, absolutely fantastic player. Fantastic player for Liverpool, Jürgen Klopp. You know, is he going to compare to um, a Jude Bellingham or Federico Valverde by the you know, same point once their careers are developed? Probably not. But we know he, he was a valuable player. And he's, it's that kind of calibre of player that you need to go, right, we're not getting these this summer. Why weren't we moving for a... Why Why was it a move happened for Conrad Lehmer so late in the window that Leipzig turned around right and they went, well, no, you're not giving us any time to replace him. So why would we part with him at this late in the window? Why, when it became apparent that after inquiries to Dortmund, we weren't going to get him until next summer? Why, when it became apparent when Tushmani was going to Real Madrid and Real Madrid, of course, not going to let one of their best midfield talents go in the summer? Why on earth did we leave it till the end of the window to, to pursue a move for Lehmer? I think... 
we, we have to give credit where credit's due in that Klopp and the recruitment team pursue quality at the highest level. But there has to be a compromise at points where we know we're not going to get these talents in or not have a chance of getting these talents in until the next season. I think, I think it's difficult for Klopp to do that sometimes. Um, and, and again, I, I really want to emphasise nobody could have seen this this season unfolding the way it has. So it's very easier for us to come on now and say Liverpool should have signed a midfielder. This is a massive, massive failing and it's all their fault. If, if you know, at best, I think we'd have still been in the top four. I think nobody would have predicted Liverpool to have fallen outside of the top four. And then we'd be talking about, okay, you know, not, we're not in a title race, but we're in the top four. The money's secured. Our, our future in the competition secured. We'll just go for Bellingham this summer and then hopefully that'll fix everything. But now we're in this position and it's very easy to criticise, but we should rightly criticise it because this is the situation we're in as a result of an activity um, in the middle of the park. Sorry about that. That was a really... <laughs> No, no, I, just, I was just going to bolt on as well, just in response to, to Farrell and a couple of comments that you got. Um, you know, we brought in Arthur, uh, and if Arthur had been able to actually avoid injury, which obviously is a horrific situation, we might have, be having a completely different discussion now because he could have hit the ground running. We could have gone, wow, we've uncovered this gem who was not having a good time at Juventus. Lovely stuff. But like one of the comments said before, I forget the name, sorry. But, you know, it's it's the availability, it's the injuries that's really cost us. Because if Curtis Jones would have hit the ground running, which it's there, he's got it. It just, he hasn't for some reason, you know, been a success completely just yet. And the same for Arthur and God knows what's happening to Fabinho. But there's a lot of ifs. But, you know, if, if Jones hits the ground running, if Elliot doesn't have a long-term injury, if Arthur comes in and hits the ground running as well and doesn't get injured in, in, in the manner that he did, and, you know, we could be sitting there, very different discussion, we, you know, but it, it, it's ifs and buts, isn't it, at the end of the day? But I just thought I'd, I'd bought that on there because, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it would be fair to say that on paper we do have a good midfield. It's just in practice, it's it's not uh, it's not working out. Yeah, and I think it's one of those that because on paper it looks it looks sound, but then when you if you know about the club in, in depth, you're going well. Like six of them are injury prone, so if they start getting injuries, you can go well. We, we told you they'd get injured, but obviously we don't want them to get injured. We want everyone to stay fit, but it's just, I think we, I think me and, I think I discussed it with you, Farrell, like, I can't remember what game it was, but we said, like, Klopp's not just going to stockpile, like, 18 midfielders just on the off chance six get injured. It's just like, we're just, it's just unfortunate no, the way it works out, but it's an also, it's also, like, I think Klopp going in for Arthur Mello at, at that stage when he, like like you said, Farrell, all the other um, avenues have been cut off and he was kind of left just scraping the barrel for, and that's not no disrespect to Arthur Mello, but, but in terms of like the low market, you're dipping into a, 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 a um, <laughs> like a category below like people to buy because um, I don't think players of the, of the best of the best in the world are going to be available on loan most of the time so it was just one of those uh but just a few comments before we get into um a few of the other stuff yuki says more than all listening here while working nice one yuki yuki's in california she's very lucky um what else have we got dan says uh definitely been mistakes made with the recruitment that is on staff scouts analysts coaches negotiators etc agree on uh, agree on what's been said um about tiago um what else have we got? Um, I'm just just quickly on this. Um, stay and sorry, I keep covering your face. Well, uh, can I get guys' genuine opinion on Nunes? Um, don't want to criticize him or write him off, but to, for me, he's a mix of Ben Teche and Verna. Big pace, he gets in good positions, but wasteful and poor link play. Um, yeah, 
I think he could have scored two against Lee. I think the I, I went to the game the first one where the, the ball over the top by Trent's perfectly into his path. Um, I think we've seen it in the past with Arigi's like lob the keeper, or I just think I don't, I don't, I mean, technically wise, I don't think he's the best. I think we can all agree on that. But in terms of pace, power, getting into the right positions, I think he's he's got loads of he ticks loads of the boxes. But I think the maybe the technique in the in the in the right areas in terms of that the final. I mean, he's got a good shot, but I think sometimes it can be a bit, I don't know, a bit haphazard, can't he? And I think that's. He, could, he should have at least scored one, I thought. But what, what are your thoughts on, on him, Steve, so far? Yeah, I think I think comparing him as a combination of Vernon and Benteke is, is actually quite good. <laughs> if, if, if you're taking you know, both of those players when they're playing well, um, yeah. I think <laughs> that's quite a good description of him. Um, but, you know, I'm not too worried. I mean, it'd be great for us if he hit the ground running and started smashing him in like Haaland, but Haaland's a freak of nature. Darwin Nunes, he's started very well. You know, people have made the comp- uh, the um, comparison before with um, Gabriel Jesus and people are saying that he's having a fantastic season and Nunes is having an awful season. And that's just reflective of Liverpool. You know, it's only important if the player... It o- it's only important if the player is not scoring when it's a problem, if you know what I mean. Um, the fact that we're losing games, you know, it's not entirely Nunes's fault, but people look for someone to blame and go, oh, well, he's done this and he's done that. And, he, you know, he's, yeah, he should be converting these chances, but we should also not be conceding or the players should be contributing. So not to say that people are treating him as, as a scapegoat and not to say that the, the commenter uh, is, is treating him as a scapegoat either. But I'm not too worried about Nunes long-term. You know, like you said, Mick, he gets into the right places. You know, he's got that brain. Um, he knows where to be. You know, he can hit a shot with Venom. You know, he... Um, that that shot, I think it was against Arsenal where he smashed the post. Um, it might not have been Arsenal actually, but you you, you know the shot. You can see it. West, it was Suarez, was a left foot volley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that ran me as Suarez the way he struck it, and it's just there's, he's got that bit of slickness about him, a little bit of flair, a little bit of a little bit of anger in the way he plays as well. But he does seem to have uh, been able to control himself better since his his red card incident, which you know anyone can pick up a red card. And Tony Cruz picked up a red card the other day, first of his career. <laughs> It can happen to anybody in the moment, you know. So long term, I'm not worried. It's harder to teach a player to get into the right positions, to know where to be, than to actually just get that extra inch to make it go in. You know, there's been times where he's missed. He's missed by like a very small margin. Give him a little bit longer. Those will be in the back of the net. You know, he'll be getting good numbers for Liverpool. He's not going to be Liverpool's Ben Teke, um, but you know. Yeah, I can, I can see the, the Vernon and Benteke shout there is is, is very good. <laughs> he's uh, he's technically very similar to a combination of the two of them. Which you know, as I say, if you if you ask a Leipzig fan um, about that, or if you ask a, a Belgian fan, they might turn around and go, "That sounds brilliant." So I'm not worried long term, but it would be nice if he started banging them in with a little bit more frequency. But Liverpool standards are very high, and he's a young lad with a very high ceiling. So yeah, long term, not too worried. Anything you want to add to that, Farrell? Yeah, no, I, I, I genuinely think every, every single Darwin Nunez critic is going to be eating their words uh, come next season at the absolute latest. I think already even what we've seen with, I think he went on that run of like uh, four starts and four goals, obviously should have scored probably twice, um, at, at least in the, the defeat to Leeds. But in terms of, I mean, in terms of technique, I think Klopp's will come out on record and said, well, actually... 
I disagree completely with the critique um, on his technique. Technically, he's brilliant. You know, we don't see it sometimes work out on the pitch, but we're, you know, we're obviously seeing this from the manager who's working him, with him day in, day out in training. And, you know, he's gone, look, the technique's brilliant. You don't need to worry about that. Sometimes it's the application um, on the pitch, like we saw against Leeds. You know, there's a point where he's through one-on-one, should chip it, changes his mind, decides to take the ball on his right. Melia's there to take it. It's poor decision-making on his part, but poor decision-making in that regard, gets um, dealt with pretty much, you know, in the, in the first season um, at, the, at the absolute latest. Um, so I, I'm not worried about that. As, as Steve's rightly pointed out, he's getting in the right positions um, that you want a striker to get in. His commitment, his work rate cannot be questioned. I mean, I've seen at least two clips of him, you know, rushing back from the the, the, the final third of the pitch to ask just to throw himself in the way of a shot. Like the man is contributing, I think, in every way you'd want him to as a Liverpool player. And I think he's one of the few Liverpool players of late who've been absolutely giving it their all. Um, I, I know, obviously, work rate and commitment only go so far, but I think the quality is absolutely there. I've, I've no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, and we've seen... I, th- I think it's important we do touch on Harlem quickly because, you know, obviously the man was constructed in a lab experiment. He's, he's, he's ridiculous. Um, but... He's functioning so well because the Manchester City team is functioning so well around him too. Exactly. I'm sure he'd still be getting plenty of goals regardless. Um, but you know, Klopp made the point early in the season: you stick Darwin Nunez in that Manchester City team, he will score more goals. Um, that's not a slight on the Liverpool team; it's a slight on the Liverpool team as we currently stand with our current form. He, you know, the fact that we're still seeing him perform um, is is testament to his quality. And I think once this Liverpool team does get its act together. We will see an even better Darwin Nunez. And I think the criticism, um, whatever of it remains, will, will quickly fade. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Klopp referenced it quite recently as well, just saying, like, um, if if we were in a better vein of form, then he'd be he'd be doing better. It's just simple, simple maths, isn't it, in terms of, like, if, you, if your team's struggling and the, the players you put into there are going to... Also, the newer players are going to be struggling more than the... The fellas who have been there uh, longer uh, term. Uh, just a few more comments before we get just get into Napoli. Uh, Mark's in nice one, nice one, Mark for uh, jumping in. Clinton Vella on Facebook says good afternoon, boys, and then says uh, we need reinforcement to the middle of the park. We're losing nearly all second balls in midfield. Yeah. I know we need. It's, it's the, the, I think we've all we've all kind of collectively said that's something that needs addressing drastically, especially with, yeah, we've mentioned Oxley Chamberlain, Cater, Milner, uh, Henderson, the, the rest that might move on or become more of a, I don't know, like a secondary player just just uh, just to kind of make those um, changes that we need. Uh, in in midfield rotation wise, which we haven't been able to do this year, which is in turn why we've been. Struggling even more, but um, yeah, just a quick on uh, quickly on Klopp's press conference. So the, you, you confirm that Canate is ready to come back. Um, he also said Calvin Ramsey is ready for an, an appearance from the bench from the bench, which is good news. Um, just quickly on tomorrow, then, Steve, what what type of what type of lineup do you do you think he's gonna um, he's gonna pick tomorrow? I think Klopp's gonna go full strength without risking any injuries. You know, I think a, a big thing for us right now is confidence and. Napoli are playing some of the best football in Europe at the minute. They are unbelievable. Um, Osman is is an unbelievable forward. You know he's going to be a nightmare um, for Liverpool's defence. So, I mean, we've we've got to go strong because these lads cannot afford to, with all due respect to, to you know the to the extended squad. Um, 
you know, the the, the bench players uh, and, and so on. I know, obviously, we don't ha really have a rigid start in 11, but you know what I mean? Not to disrespect those players, but if we put out a weakened side, Napoli could blow us away and we don't want that. That's not good for confidence at all. So we've got to keep confidence high. We've got to go strong. We've, we've done well in the Champions League so far this season. Keep that going because if we keep going knowing that we can smash Europe, basically, you know, and I say that as we're about to play Napoli, but... Um, you know, if we keep performing well in Europe, that hopefully at some point will carry over to the Premier League where we're struggling against, as one of the commenters pointed out, struggling against Leeds and, and Forest, and that's just not right for Liverpool um, in, in this year. Um, so, yeah, we've we've got to go strong. Uh, and I, I think Jürgen's also going to go that way. I don't think, I don't think Jürgen ever sees many games as a, you know, oh, I'll just get this one out of the way. Even though we, we could just go out and just park the bus, get nil-nil, fingers crossed, and just go, there we are, we're through, don't worry about it. I think he's going to want to go, he's going to want to win, he's going to want to make the lads feel better. And if we get a win against Napoli, that's great for the confidence. Go again at the end of the day, put whatever's happened behind you, keep going, building that momentum. I think that's the way you've got to go with it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, answers genu genuinely fearing the worst this week, the way we are so open. <laughs> Uh, Christian says um, the lads haven't been listening from the start but what are your thoughts on supporters who actually say clop out what, what are your thoughts on that Farrell quickly, as quick as you can do you have a death wish? <laughs> <laughs> you're insane I mean, I mean look, 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 Klopp, look I've, said, I've, I've said it earlier but you know Klopp has to shoulder some of the blame but if you're calling for Klopp's head um, especially after the last season we've had you're, you're absolutely insane Klopp and this squad have earned the credit in the bank, you know, to have the time to turn this around. Um, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, I mean, just don't ever, don't ever, this is to anyone watching and listening, don't ever go on a Twitter space after Liverpool lose because <laughs> I heard some shite, let me tell you. Some fellow was going, um, oh yeah, just just get Vincent Company in. Like, he'll, he'll sort them out. It's like... Oh what God. fucking planet are you living on, mate? Like, they're not they're not Liverpool fans to me. They're just not. Um, and finally, yeah, just, I've just got a screenshot. This is the only one of this is the only homework I've done. I've just I've just clipped this ready just for today because it looks it looks quite nice, and we've got a few points on the board, and we're second. Um, but yeah, just just on to what on what Steve said. Would you go as um, as strong as possible? Because if we win four 0 we finish top. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's possible. I know everyone's laughing about it, given the form Napoli in, and I, I think you know that they're right to in part. But um, I, I mean, it's possible. You know, we, we, we've seen mm. um, we've seen crazier things happen. I, I think, yeah, I, I've seen on Twitter again, like people going, "Oh, let's just play a crap team and then rest the lads for for Tottenham." But it's like Steve said, you know, if you go go over there, play a crap team, get battered by Napoli, are you going to have it in your guts to go in? You know. Give it, you give it your best go against Tottenham, who you know can be a bit inconsistent, but they're still you know they're a top four side as things currently stand, which is more than we can currently say uh, in the league. So I think you know any confidence boost would be greatly appreciated. And as we've seen with City, even a side as wildly inconsistent as we are can get a result against the big boys. Yeah, I mean, I am, I am looking forward to see what happens tomorrow but also really really threatening as well because like we said Napoli are just blowing everyone away they, they just I mean especially us in the in the away game we just got absolutely tore apart but uh, Anne says company though yeah 
just just yeah absolutely uh crazy yeah and then dan's just reminded me score prediction dan thinks three nil actually so does three nil do it actually is that a point is that a, that might be a good point actually but is it three nil so if we went seven. yeah we'll... i think it's still four isn't it is their goal difference was it 16 or 15 seven, super 16. Early, yeah their, their goal difference is 16 so they'll be 13 won't they and we'll be 12 mm. yeah 24 is there some sneaky rule that I don't know about that makes? Oh, it, it might it might be the goals for and goals again. I'm, I have no idea. No, that wouldn't make sense. They've they've scored about four hundred, haven't they? So yeah, no, it, it wouldn't it, make sense it? anyway. If the goal difference is superior, no. Yeah, it's it's goal. I think it's goal difference first, isn't it? And if the goal difference is tied, and it's goals for and I think yeah. I, I, if I remember correctly, the the, problem, the rules change all the time. <laughs> Dan, yeah, Dan, if you know the answer, just let us know quick because we are we're gonna just go around and do. Um, I haven't. Have I done score predictions? I'm going. I think I'm going to say. I haven't done score predictions no. yet, have I? Steve, what are you? What are you thinking? Score predictions. I, th- I think. I think to be fair, I think three 0 is about as uh, likely as four 0 Um. So I don't think. I don't think that really matters too much to us. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I never go into a game not thinking Liverpool are gonna get a result. I, I, it's it's toxic positivity probably. But I go into it thinking, right, we're gonna win this. Don't care who it is. Whatever. Ninety minutes. Liverpool at Anfield. Let's go. Whatever. It's going to be big on the crowd. The crowd needs to get behind the team. The crowd usually delivers, especially in the Champions League. I think it's going to be big, hostile atmosphere. So, very excited for it. Scoreline? Oh, um, it's going to be hard to say a shutout for, for, for us because, as I say, Napoli are just scoring for fun. I'm going to be a little bit reserved and say 2-1 win to Liverpool. I'd take that, Farrell. Thoughts on mm-hmm. that? Yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, I can't see us shutting Napoli out either. But I think there'll be some more goals in the game. So I'm going to go through a three-two to Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just to clarify, uh, I have to confirm that just because Liverpool are just mad at the minute. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boss. Um, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take I'll take a win. I'll take a win. Um, actually, so Dan just came back and saying head to head. So is that? I mean, Dan's usually spot on with his info, so that I, I, I trust Dan. I trust Dan with my life, so it must be true. That, yeah, we'll we'll see. I'll have to I'll have to Google it. I'll have to Google it and have a little look after. Yeah. Um, if we win three 0 I won't be thinking about this anyway. I'll just be made up. We won three 0 To be fair, exactly. Just be lo- <laughs> just loving life. I live full of winning. Yeah. Um, Tomo says, "Does it really matter to finish top? Not really easy. Ga- not really easy games in the knockout stages." I mean, it'd be nice if we could in an ideal world, but mm. I suppose at the moment it's just a bit. You don't, if whoever Liverpool play, it just it's just going to be crazy either way, isn't it? Um, but yeah, we'll leave it there, boys. Sorry, we've took a bit longer. Uh, we said we'd do half an hour now and thirty eight minutes, so apologies. Um, but if you are watching live, then and you haven't hit the like or the subscribe button yet, then please do. I can see there's a few people still watching on Facebook as well. So if you want to jump over to YouTube and hit the subscribe button, then even better. Um, but yeah, nice one, uh, Stay and Farrell. Nice one for jumping back on. It feels like it's been ages since I've had. I think Farrell's been on the most recent, but Tavia's as a pair. It feels like I don't know, like a special moment for the for, to get you both back on. So nice one, appreciate it. Thank you, pleasure. Have a good time. But yeah, if you're uh, if you're watching now, then yeah, like I said, like and subscribe. If you're watching whenever before the game tomorrow, and you just you just want to cheer yourself up. And we we, we probably haven't done that to be honest, because we're just saying Liverpool <laughs> aren't that good at the minute. Sorry about that. Uh, and yeah, if you're watching, if you're listening on um, Spotify or Apple or whatever else, then yeah, do leave us a review or a rating on there because it all it all helps with the 
getting up the Apple charts and the, and the um, Spotify charts and stuff like that. It's a nice one. Uh, but yeah, nice one to see. Nice one, Farrell. Nice one to the comments. Sorry if I missed any of them. There's been so many to get to, but I uh, really appreciate it anyway. And yeah, up the reds. We'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.